Uh, it's been a long time since I've been sort up here from the last place, but I um, uh, just want to say uh, it's a privilege to be up here to share the word again tonight with you um, and to be able to bring a, a Bible study. Um, it's just the basics of the family. Um, some, some of you may know, some of you may not know, I've recently become a father. I'm supposed to do the uh, Bible study last week, but I had to turn it down uh, because it was my birth, the daughter's first birthday. Um, and as a Christian father, I chose to put my first ministry first um, and spend time with, with, with my family. So um, that's what I want to speak about tonight. Uh, it's one of the things I've been studying this past year, just to see how I personally measure up as a Christian father uh, and, a, and a person in my family. And the Bible verses I want to look at tonight primarily is going to be Genesis 2, 20 to 25. And this is God's word. And Adam gave names to the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's just find a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we give you thanks tonight for a place of worship, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord, for your Son. We give you thanks, Lord, for the cross of Christ. But, Lord, we give you thanks for the blessing that you've given us in life. And, Lord, we give you thanks, Lord, for everything that you do for us, every blessing that you bestow on us, even the oxygen, Lord, that we breathe every day. Lord, we give you all the glory tonight. And, Lord, we give you thanks for every Christian family and every family you bring through the doors here. And, Lord, we just pray that you would bless them. And, Lord, help me, Lord, deliver this message that you gave me to give. So, Father, bless you, thank you, and Lord, bless this time around your word. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. So, just looking at these Bible um, verses there tonight, um, we're just coming out of a year which we have been in a few lockdowns. I think it's maybe three. I've lost count. Um, we've all been bombarded with negative surroundings, and everyone at some point has felt fear of something. I have felt fear fear of the future, fear of what's going on. But after a sustained period of time, the fruit of that negativity has produced depression, anxiety, isolation, self-harm, in some cases suicide, and unemployment, homelessness, and, and, and poverty. And that's the seriousness of it. And the, the reason why I'm trying to bring this across is that this is the legacy that has, the pandemic has left in our lives. One of the things that I've needed through this time is my family. And not only that, my church family. People who are connected, people who are calling people, people who are lives. And that's, that's what it is. When you boil everything down in our lives, that is all that we have in this life, is our family. Um, and it's shown me that I'm prepared to stand up for my family in this world. To love my family always. And always be there for 
my family. So when we read the Bible, when we read the Bible, the Bible's written about families. God had used to bring about his purposes, plans, and his way of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, through families and people. May I add one of them, them perfect, none of them perfect, but rather imperfect, ultimately giving God glory in all situations, in all paths, for his overseeing providence. Isaiah 42 and 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another. Ultimately, everything's for God's glory. The definition of a family is the family is the foundational institution of society ordained by God. It is constituted by marriage and is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. So God orders this as a fundamental foundation of society. It is the backbone of our nation. It is essential for life and for procreation and for the reproduction of the human race. It reflects the very goodness of God that would even let us have life. In Genesis 22, we see, And the rib which the Lord had taken from man, and he made woman and brought her unto man. In this day and age, humankind, we're supposedly becoming more civilized, more intellectual. There are now allegedly 64 terms that describe gender and identity expression. My Bible says there's only two genders, male and female. Man and woman, and this biological sense, this is biological sense 101. If I have an apple, and I add another apple, going back to primary school, what do I get? Some people might be bananas like, but <laughs> we get apples. You know, simple, simple teaching there. We cannot choose your gender because God has already chosen us from the foundation of the earth. He has got a plan and purpose for each one of our lives. No matter what you're going through, no matter what our families are facing, he is working out our, your purpose for his plans and for his glory. We also see in this passage the order of God. Adam was made first, then Eve, and she was made for a companion to Adam, a helper and a life friend. And this is the divine order of God that therefore, because it's God's divine order of creation, wives should obey and submit their husbands. I'm going to be very unpopular tonight. <laughs> so this is to yield and to let their desires to be their husband's desires. And many people have an issue, but when two people are in love with Christ so much and seeking God first, they'll be so filled with pursuing the will of God in their lives that their wills will be God's wills, and that will not, never be a problem. So through Eve being made after Adam, and out of him puts a special honor on Eve, the woman. As man is the glory of God, the woman is the glory of man. So our wives are our glory. Listen to what Matthew Henry said, and I quote, If a man is the head, she is the crown to her husband, the crown of the visible creation. The man was dust refined, but the woman was dust double refined, one removed further from the earth. The crown is, is, is worn by monarchs as a symbol of their power and dignity, and a crown is often an extension of the symbol of the monarch's government their control and power. So the woman is taken from the side, 
not his head to rule him or his feet to walk over him, but from his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected and near his heart to be loved. I thought it was beautiful. Ephesians 5 and 22 to 25 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as the Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let the wives be unto their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I think husbands got a harder job. <laughs> so, um, looking just at uh, men, <clears throat> this is unconditional sacrificial love, and we should have our wife for our wives. Love through better or worse or richer poor, sickness or health, to love and cherish, to death till us part. Just want to share a brief analogy with you. If you're going to work every day and you've got a boss that's hard on you, undermining you, always talking down to you, and you leave your, leave your work just completely, I don't want to go back there. That's what happens. That's what happens. That can be a picture of our own homes as well, you know? Be a picture of our own lives. <clears throat> If a woman sees her husband whose heart is so set in God and his prayer for their children, prayer for their home, and heart for others, and so given to his wife unconditionally, it will make her realize that his, the motives of her husband's heart is right, and she can fully trust him in all things. Three words that I wrote in my Bible when I got saved. Encourage, compliment, and build up. I wrote them at the front of my Bible. I was always want to remind myself of who, what I should be doing. <laughs> Encouraging people, complimenting people. For a man building people up, continually. Genesis 2, 24, Therefore a man shall leave his wife and her father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. We must quit our parents and be joined to our respective partners. Why? Again, for the very sentimental reason to start. For the perseverance of the church through Christ, through Christian children for mankind. It is and it is beneficial for us to push on in this ministry to provide this for the, the church for sustainability. Um, Psalm 127. Low children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that have his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in his gate. Children, when they're fully grown up, fully matured, and come underneath the lordship of Christ, are like arrows here at the enemies of the gate. The devil's enemies of the gate is where he sets up his plans of his kingdom. If we raise them right and raise them properly, then later on in life, they're going to go on and take, take down that kingdom. We're in, we're in a battle every day. Genesis 4 and 1 and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived in Barakian, and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. <clears throat> Children, some can have them, some can't. Some have several, some have a few. Whatever our circumstances, we have a church family at CET. Before I could write this, I had to check my own heart, my own family life, to see how I'm performing. And the conclusion that I came to is that I'm failing. Failing at praying with them, teaching them the word, or spend, spend time with them. It's hard to get the balance right in our lives. 
But if I fail at everything else, I still want them to see Christ in me. Those little touches of affection, those small things around the house that you do, a word of encouragement rather, trying to tear down. And Christ must always come through in our personalities, must always come through in our lives, must always come through our situations. And we must always replace, if we find hard to study the Bible, we must always replace it with the love of God in us. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and I have not charity, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And what do we try to teach to our children? Do we teach them love, empathy, sympathy, kindness, or compassion, everything that can be found in our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ? Or do we teach them with the ways of the world, with hatred, malice, envy, and division? Our families are going to come under sustained attack through all these different ideologies, these thought processes, school systems, are all teaching everything that's contrary to Christ. It is anti-Christ. Are we going to take our stand tonight in our families? Are we going to be priests over our home? Are we going to say to the devil, those far no further? Because I'm ready to do it, guys. And that's what we need to be able to do. We need to meet our children's lives, spiritual spiritual needs, our physical needs, and also their emotional needs. And I've found it very difficult to balance these three. And sometimes you find that you're jungling. When one ball drops, they all drop. But that's just self-perseverance um, for me. We all have our ups and downs. We all have our disputes. We all have our happy days. We all laugh together and we all are sad together. But at the end of the day, family is all we have. Our own flesh and blood, our adoption in Christ as well, into the family of God, and pointing the finger doesn't get us any closer to God. What does God see when we come together in our hearts? Because Psalm 139 says, He tries the reins of the hearts. He's directing our hearts. And that's what scares me, is what is in our hearts when we gather together. We should be unified, as unification brings a blessing of God to His children on a church and in a family. Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. It is like the precious atonement upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. We're not perfect. But in Christ we are. Just on an overview of the Bible as well, five examples dysfunctional families. Adam and Eve, both ate from the fruit, tried to pass the buck to avoid responsibility, then one son murdered another and become a fugitive to avoid prosecution. That's a dysfunctional family. Isaac had twin boys, Jacob and Esau. Jacob duped his brother into giving him his, his inheritance with his mum's help. So Esau set out to kill him. Jacob ran to the weird uncle Laban who then duped, his, duped Jacob by giving his, his ugly daughter to marry. <laughs> Joseph was sold to a band of Egyptian slave traders by his brothers, who made his, who made his parents believe that he was dead. King David's family was the ultimate mess. A man after God's own heart, anointed king of Israel. His firstborn almond was a, was, was a rapist. His secondborn, Absalom, tried to take his dad's job while he slept with his wives. And seventh-born Solomon, he had every woman in town. 
what all these are only that we all can fail from time to time and that we are only human. That the human race is sinful and that we need the grace of God continually in our lives. God is working his plan and his providence in your life through situations for his glory. And God uses dysfunctional people, families and churches and nation for his promises to the human race. What is our answer to our dysfunctional ways that we all are? All of us are messed up in some way. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that convicts us of our sins, convicts us of our ways, is the mirror to show us how sinful we are and to show us how graceful he is. Just because you've fallen, just because you've lost your way, maybe you backslid, doesn't mean that you're outside the blessings of God. Personally, I've been on a journey myself. And I love it when the Lord reveals himself. You can be restored through the cross of Christ if we repent. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And perhaps you're on a journey tonight not knowing what way to go. You've lost your way. Maybe God's silent in your life right now. Maybe you have a wayward family member. Keep on praying as he will reveal himself soon. And he will direct his children. Why? Because he is faithful to his children. Nobody can pluck you out of his hand. No matter what you're going through, no matter situation, issues, anything at all, God has you in his hands. And he is directing and guiding and leading. So guys, I just want to thank you for um, letting me do that wee Bible study night. It was, um, it was good to get writing and get into the Word. So I'm just going to hand it back to Ken. And bless you. Thank you.